Welcome to the Beauty and Battle podcast, where we talk about winning in marriage by waging a war. I'm Jason Benham. I've got my girlfriend slash wife, Tori Benham, with me, and we are here to talk to you about how Satan tries to get you to fight face-to-face with your spouse, but God designed you to fight shoulder-to-shoulder against Satan so that you can win in your marriage. Fighting together draws you together. We cannot wait to jump in. So here we go. So today we're going to talk about a familiar topic. We're going to talk about healthy marriage habits. And specifically, we're going to give you six of the ones that we think are the most powerful. Stuff that we've researched, stuff we've read about, um, stuff we've incorporated into our own marriage. And and so Tori was up the other day, and she was thinking, she was praying, and God gave her these six keys. And I was like, oh, this is so good. Yeah, I think these are just common themes that we see in everything that we're, you know, doing with marriage, when we're coaching, when we're yeah. working on our marriage, when we're reading books, I just we come across these over and over again. And as we we tell them to you guys, you will recognize them because they're <laughs> things that we've talked about throughout this podcast um, over and over again. And so, but it's really cool because as we were kind of just thinking about these these different things that make a marriage healthy, yeah, um, we were able to put it into the acronym. Habits, habits yeah. which is so cool. And I think it will be a helpful tool to use to help grow your healthy marriage. And you habits. know, Tori and I, neither one of us were homeschooled, but we know that the word habits has six letters in it. How about yes, that? Yes, we do know that. <laughs> That's where we get our six <laughs> healthy marriage habits. And, um, and we're going to dive into that. But before we do, I'm going to play a song. Okay, now this song has no words, but I can tell you that I have probably listened to this album, oh my gosh, well over a thousand times all the way through, ever since I was in high school. Yeah. Probably junior high school is when it first came out, but Kenny G, Breathless. And it is rainy and cold and yeah. overcast in, in Charlotte, North Carolina, and it's the perfect day to be playing Kenny G. Kenny G. We had him on. Tori and I made ourselves some food. We ate some lunch together. No, none of the kids in the house. We turned on some Kenny G, and it was fantastic. It and was I'm like, a you vibe. Know, I'm gonna play uh, from the album Kenny G. Breathless. I'm gonna play Sentimental. That is so cool. How does it get better than that? Seriously. It doesn't. (laughs) I'm ready to fall asleep right (laughs) now. Almost done. Just a little bit more. Come on. Now, tell me that if you can't put that on and just absolutely love your marriage. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely helps. Yes, it does. Okay. That's Kenny G. So go get you some Kenny G. Now, uh, spirit of full disclosure here. When I was a sophomore in high school, Mm -hmm. I went to a Kenny G concert. You did? With some buddies. I didn't know that. It was weird. We all liked Kenny G. (laughs) Yeah, it was weird. Now, here's (laughs) the thing. I prided myself on getting my buddies to like what we called back then girly music. Okay. Kenny G, 
Celine Dion and that kind of stuff. And it always happened that I had buddies who were always like, no, I'll never listen to that kind of stuff, man. I'm never, I'm listening to Metallica and all that. And I'm like, just listen to it for a little bit. And we'd drive, you know, like from, from uh, Garland Christian Academy to Fort Worth Christian Academy to play football mm-hmm. and, you know, guys that have Walkmans or whatever. And I'd have a Kenny G tape yeah, you know, back in the day, <laughs> Kenny G tape. And I would put it on their ears and then they listen. The next thing I know, I'm taking it off. I'm like, give it back. They're like, no, 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 come on. That was good. You convinced them. Yeah. That's so awesome. Anyway, got a lot of guys on Kenny G, Celine Dion and Yanni. Jason's a softie. <laughs> All right, let's jump into six healthy marriage habits. Okay, we're going with the acronym HABITS, H-A-B-I-T-S. Okay, and we're going to start with number one is H. And this one is so good. Mm-hmm. Have a sense of humor. Humor. If you want a healthy marriage habit, let's start with humor. Because we, we talk about in Beauty and Battle that fighting together draws you together. But so does laughing together. Absolutely. I mean, and humor is so powerful. It helps you overcome conflict. Yep. I mean, Tori and I, we've told you guys the stories, you know, and, and I'll just reference one. I won't get into all the details, but Tori threw a $5 bill at me one time and told me to wipe my butt with it. And and he did. <laughs> I acted like I did. And you know what? To this day, if I say, if we get into an argument or a little, you know, heated battle or whatever, and, and she can look at me and she's like, wipe your butt with this. Like, it's over, you it know? Kinda it's, lightens the, it kind of lightens good. the mood a little. You know? Yeah. Um. So humor is a really good thing. Life is so serious as it is, right? Like we just, we need humor. It's so important. I love, you know, Proverbs 17, 22 says a cheerful heart is good medicine. That's where, you know, they say laughter is medicine. It it literally is. And I just think, you know, life gets pretty serious quickly. And the more humor and the more you can laugh about things and make things a little bit more lighthearted, the better. Yeah. Now, I mean, you got to kind of, get on the same page with your humor. Mm. Like I was thinking about this (laughs) this morning. I was like, nothing irritates me more than when you think it's funny, but you don't do something really gross. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not funny. So like for an example, I don't think of humor as farting under the covers and locking me underneath. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's the covered wagon. Every man has done that to his wife. Jason used to do that to me when we got married, when we first got married. It, and now he doesn't because he's like, he gets that. I don't get that. Locking me That's underneath. not humor. That's disgusting. That makes me not want to be near you. <laughs> uh, rule of thumb. Your, get your humor right. Rule boys. of thumb, guys. Don't try that trick if you're planning on going in for yeah. a little intimacy later on. Do you know? That's just a given. I mean, I don't even know that you have to say that. Yeah, but remember, <laughs> we dudes are stupid. So yeah, I'm talking to some guys out there that act like Neanderthals. Like literally, they eat with their thumbs. So you're talking I, I, to guys who do that, who actually <laughs> fart under the cover. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Okay, so let me just say this: wrap up about humor is um, humor is all about timing. Yes. <laughs> okay. Now I'm not just talking about yeah. Don't fart under your covers and trap your wife under. Okay. So that's one thing. But the other thing is, don't try to be funny in a moment where you really shouldn't yes. be funny. This is something that bothers Tori so much. (laughs) She's trying to say something. Even we're not in the middle of a conflict, but she's saying something. And then um, I've got a squirrel moment and I think, oh, she's going to laugh at this. And I say it. And then it just frustrates her because I interrupted her. Yeah. That's like, you gotta, you gotta gotta time timing. Right. Yeah. But it is true that humor is about timing. Mm -hmm. So when you go to a comedy show or whatever, Mm -hmm. these comedians, they, they write these lines, you know, and these little uh, jokes 
and they'll do one part of a joke knowing that that's not the full part of the joke, but you think it is as somebody who's listening to it and you're laughing, your belly laughing, and then they wait, you know, five or six seconds and then boom, they hit you with another punchline. Yeah, that's true. And so it's all about timing. It is all about timing. And, and you think about going to a comedy show, right? If you're going to a comedy show, you are posturing yourself to laugh. Like you mm. are ready to laugh. Like yeah. you're in you that, have a good time. that mindset. And I think that that's impor- an important mindset to have in life. Like, there has to be a time where you're unwinding and you're like, you know what? Life is doesn't have to be so serious. Like there has to be kind of like a coming down off of the seriousness of life and letting yourself be open to humor and be ready to laugh. Yeah. But if you're just always so serious and thinking about what needs to be done next, then you're not, you know, you're not in that position to like, to yeah. let your guard down, to laugh at things. And, and you know, the best thing though is you guys watch a couple really good, funny movies and then memorize some of the lines like Tori and I from Home Alone, from Dumb and Dumber, from Napoleon Dynamite. You know, the other day I told Tori, I was like, hey, we should maybe try to hit dinner around 530. And she's like, you got it. <laughs> and I knew that that 100 percent was from Home Alone when the lady asked for the credit card to what's his uh-huh. name? Kevin McAllister yep. at the hotel. The fake recorded voice. You, you got, got it. it. You know, or, or Tori says. Uh, something and and I go into my Kip Napoleon Dynamite voice. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so throw on a few of those. Okay, humor. So have a sense of humor. That's a great marriage habit. Number two, A, is appreciate each other. Now, you guys have heard Tori and I talk about this the most. We probably talk about appreciation and gratitude. Almost every week. Yeah, more than any other thought because that is the key. That is like a foundational thought in marriage. So when we're talking about healthy marriage habits, one of the best marriage habits that you can have is to be in the habit of appreciating your spouse. Now, let me say this. Um, before you got married, actually, right, probably when you guys met each other, attraction led to appreciation, Okay, which means that you were attracted to each other first, right. and then you started hanging out, and it led to appreciation. Like you started to appreciate the person that they were. Mm-hmm. While attraction led to appreciation before marriage, appreciation leads to track attraction after. Yeah. That the more you appreciate your spouse and think good thoughts about them, the more attractive they'll be to you. Yeah, that's and true. And that's what you need to focus on more than anything. It's all about the power of gratitude and thinking those appreciative thoughts towards your spouse. Yep. Appreciation is literally magnetizing. We talk about it, yeah. you know, all the time that the the chemical that our body releases when you appreciate is oxytocin oxytocin which is the bonding chemical yeah. god knew what he was doing when he created us and he created this thing within our bodies that responds to gratitude that bonds us to the person we're grateful for and so it's just a beautiful magnetizing thing that we use naturally in relationship that brought us together and sometimes we just have to intentionally bring it back yeah, it, it is so incredibly true. So appreciation. So H, have a sense of humor. A, appreciate each other. B, be curious. Be curious. This is so strong. Why? Because curiosity equal, equals connection. Mm, it's so true. You know, when, when um, and, and I'll give you an example. This is such a good example. You know, if somebody isn't, if somebody never asks you questions about you, about your life, about what's going on with you, uh, and they and they're willing to ask anything, you don't really connect with them. It doesn't even matter if it's a family member or if it's a close friend. If you're always asking them questions about them and how they're doing, but then they don't reciprocate and ask you how you're doing, you can't connect. Yeah, It just doesn't work. Um, I heard a Craig Groeschel podcast and he was talking about 
leaders and how the best leaders ask questions. The mm. best leaders are curious because they want to connect with people. Yeah. And uh, and so he was talking about the value of asking questions. Well, I spoke at an event with Craig mm-hmm. and I met him for the first time. And God is my witness. Here's like, you know, pro- possibly one of the top five most famous pastors in the world. Right. He created the Bible app. Mm-hmm. It's had like, oh, I forget. It's like 750 million downloads. No, wow. Nothing has ever been downloaded wow. like that before. He created it. Yeah. His idea. And um, we're in the green room and he meets me and David and instantly he starts asking us questions about us. He's like, oh, I heard you guys did this. Man, I'm so proud of you. What do you guys think about this? And I'm like, so I literally stopped him mid-sentence about three minutes in. I said, wait a second, you're Craig freaking Groeschel. I need to be asking you questions. He's like, well, no, I want to learn from you. And I'm like, Bro, no, no, no. That's incredible. Let me start asking you questions now. But you know, but you want to know, I went away from that feeling very connected to him. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because curiosity is what emotionally bonds us in relationships. Yeah. And you've, if you think about the beginning of our relationships, there's so much curiosity. There's, right? Like we're asking questions yeah. constantly. We're just trying to get to know each other. And it's so bonding. Mm. Emotionally, we feel so connected when we ask questions because there's something inside of every human that has a desire to to know and to see yeah. and to be known and to be seen. Yeah. Right. And so, and that's what emotionally um, connects us in relationships is that curiosity. It's just simple questions. Mm. Tell me about your day. Tell me about yeah. that thing. Like, you know, you're working on a book right now. Yeah. How is that going? How, like, are how has it been this week? What do mm. you know? What, how far along have you gotten? Right. It's just curiosity have you been overwhelmed? Like it's just asking the questions and it, it bonds us. It makes us feel close. And then you're, and then, but there, the reciprocation of that is so important, right? Yeah. Like, like you said, like you can be in a relationship where you ask all the questions and that yeah. can only go so far yeah. before you're like, wow, like you don't ask me Jack. Yeah. You, I know so much about you, but you don't know anything about me. And how can that be a relationship? Right? Like yeah, it's not it, a relationship. It's not. And it's, it's why our curiosity in our relationship with God is so important. It's, mm-hmm. it's why our relationship, our, our curiosity in our relationship is so important. Like it is what emotionally bonds us. And you know what? Um, especially for guys, very great question that will always continue to tap your curiosity into your wife is how do you feel about? Yeah. And then just fill in the blank. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about where the kids are right now? Yes. How do you feel about buying a new car? Like, how do you feel about where our finances are? How do you feel about how I'm doing as a husband? How do you feel about, and then fill in the blank. And I'm telling you, if you uh, go at each other like that, with that type of curiosity, like, I really want to know what your feelings are. I really want to know what you're thinking. I really want to know how you're doing. It connects you in a very deep way. Okay. So that's be curious. So number one, have a sense of humor. Number two, appreciate each other. Number three, be curious. And number four, which is I, imagine your future together. Mm. Okay. This is so important because if you want to achieve it, you have to see it. Yes. If you see it, you can achieve it. It's the power of vision. We see that all throughout the scripture, that without the prophetic vision, people perish. And it's not just the prophetic vision. It's also a vision of where you want to go and what you want to do. You need to see light at the end of the tunnel. You have to see your future if you're going to achieve your future. Tori is reading this great book called The Placebo Effect, and it talks well, about it's called you are the placebo. You are the placebo, mm-hmm. but it does talk about the placebo effect. If you don't know what placebo is, then just go Google it and you'll figure it out. But suffice it to say that you can, if you're thinking it in your mind, you can accomplish it. 
Now you can't accomplish everything because we know that Satan can pervert anything. You know, I'm a dude. I was born a dude. God made me a dude. Even if I feel like a woman, I can't change into a woman. Right. Like God didn't. So I, it doesn't matter even if I think it and feel it. So there are some truths there. But in terms of your relationship with each other, you need to have a clear vision in your mind of what you want to accomplish with each other. Right. And you can do it. So Tori, in this book, um, You Are the Placebo, this guy was a prisoner of war in Vietnam, and he was in there for quite a long time. And while he was in there, the thing that kept him going was every day in his mind, he would play 18 rounds of golf at a particular golf course. Right. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't even that great of a golfer. Mm-hmm. When he got out, I think it was a couple years later or something, he went to that golf course and shot a 72, yeah. which is a perfect score. Yeah, it's an incredible story. Not not having practiced or anything, but he shot a 72. He pictured it in his mind. Yeah. And all throughout, you'll see in sports psychology, like uh, athletes need to picture themselves succeeding at their sport. If it's hitting a shot, if it's catching a ball, if it's hitting a a, a, a ball, you know, over the ball, over the wall, whatever it is, you got to see it yeah. to achieve it. And you need to apply that into your relationship. Yeah. So imagine your future is all about vision, right? We move towards that, which we focus on. We talk about the RAS, the reticular activating system. The things that you focus on is what you will move towards. It's just facts. It's what happens. Mm. And, um, And so it's so important to know what you want. And this is why we always ask the questions in our relationship, what do we want? Mm. What do we want? We have to keep the vision in, in, in front of us so that our actions will um, line up with yeah. our vision, yeah. right? But you have to have that vision before you, for you to move towards it. And so imagine your future is such an important habit to have. Every day, think about what you want for your relationship. That's yeah, good. And you'll move to- towards it. Yeah. So imagining your future together, there are two components to it. There's the long-term and the short-term. The long-term is your long-term vision. What do you want to accomplish? I've shared this with a lot of people, but every morning I pray, God, Help me and Tori to celebrate our 65th wedding anniversary, surrounded by our kids, our grandkids, great-grandkids. I don't know, maybe even some great-great-grandkids, nieces and nephews, and may we never have to bury one of them. In my mind, I'm picturing me and Tori surrounded by all these kids you know, of ours, which will be adults by then, with their own kids. We're either on like a cruise boat. Well, maybe not a cruise boat because Tori would be puking <laughs> over the side, but we're in some banquet facility. We're in something where I paid the bill. Me and Tori paid the bill. You know, and and we're we're all getting together. They all love Jesus, okay. And I see that in my mind. What when I have that picture in my mind, that means I'm going to have to do a few things. If they all need to know Jesus at that point, then I've got to do. I got to take steps today yeah. to make sure that they all know the Lord. Yeah. If I'm paying the bill for all of those people, that's going to be really expensive. Yeah. Well, I got to make some moves today to make investments. Yeah. So I, when we are at our 65th wedding anniversary, I can pay for all those people. Yeah, exactly. And it not be a big deal. You see. That vision is so incredibly important. The clearer the vision, as Andy Stanley says in his book, Visioneering, the clearer the decision, excuse me, the clearer the vision, the fewer the options, the easier the decision. Mm. So have that vision. That's your long-term vision. But you also got to have short-term goals. When I talk about short-term goals, I'm talking about little things like Tori and I wanting to go um, to the Amalfi Coast and take a cooking class together. We want to do that in the next year or two. You know, like that's a little short-term something that gives us something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. You always need little things like that. So it's the long term, but it's also the short term. That's imagining your future together. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to say something. No. I love that. You're just looking I'm, at me I'm like... looking at the clock and thinking we probably got to kind of... Amen. along to the number... Oh, number, number five. Number, yeah, number five. Too. Okay, so H, have a sense of humor. A, appreciate each other. B, be curious. 
I, imagine your future together. T, talk and touch. Talk and touch. Talk and touch. These two things. Now, here's here's the thing, what we're talking about with talk and touch. We're talking about doing them at the same time. Because talking with each other can energize you and it can connect you. Touching each other can energize you and connect you. Mm-hmm. But while talking and touching at separate times, they give you energy. Talking and touching at the same time gives you synergy. Mm. Okay, synergy is exponential effort, mm-hmm. exponential impact. Okay, uh, it's like this. It's the 10x principle. In the scripture, we see that one can put a thousand to flight. Two puts how many to thousand to flight? 10,000. 10, there you go. So it's not 2,000. Right. It's 10,000. It's 10x. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take two, if you take a piece of wood, like a two by six, and you span it across, you know, I don't know, a four foot gap, right? And you walk on it. It can hold a certain amount of weight. If I take another two by six and put it on top, it doesn't just hold double the amount of weight. I don't know the exact calculation, but it's a lot more than double. Mm-hmm. The same thing with horses. You put one horse and have him pull something. He can pull you know, a certain amount of weight, like two or 3,000 pounds. You put another horse next to him, he doesn't pull four or 6,000 pounds. They end up pulling like fifteen to 20,000 pounds because anytime you put two together, you have that, that divine effect because mm. God has meant everything to go in twos. Mm. It's, you're not meant to go it alone. So when we're talking about talk and touch, we're talking about add those two things together. Mm-hmm. When you're walking and you're talking, touch each other. Mm-hmm. Like grab your hand. Now, you don't have to hold hands the whole time. We know how that is. Go out on a 90-degree day and take a walk with each other. Try to hold hands for an hour, and it's going to be gross. Like, you're yeah. going to be sweating. Right, right. Like, but just occasionally touch each other. If you're having dinner together and you're sitting across from each other, touch each other's feet. Like, add those yeah. two things together and walk. watch what happens. Yeah. I think we all know, you know, a core principle for relationship is communication, right? Yeah. I mean, any, any time we're talking relationships, everyone says communication, communication, communication. Yeah. Well, that's hard to say three times. <laughs> um, so we know that we, we know that talking is really important. Learning to communicate is really important. Usually when we ask for, ask um, the coaching clients that we have, what your goals are, I would say nine times out of 10, it's we need to learn better communication, right? Yeah, that's like right? Everybody knows that that is such a key element to relationship yeah. communication. And so that's where the talk comes in. But then the touch is so important too. And yeah, um, yeah I was I was looking up um, some different research done on touch. It's really cool. Like we've always talked about how oxytocin, which is the bonding chemical, is released through appreciation. Yeah. Another way that it's released is through touch. Mm, I like it. Yep. And so... um, oxytocin helps regulate our stress response. So when you're touching, you're helping regulate your spouse's Mm. stress responses, promotes feelings of well-being and security. Studies show that those who engage in regular touch have higher levels of immune cells in their bloodstream, Mm. indicating a stronger immune system. So it just points to God's design, right? That we were made to be Touchy feeling. Touching people. <laughs> Touching people. Touchy. I was just thinking that. Is that a song? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I think it's shiny, happy people. <laughs> Why did we both think I of that this no same idea. time? Um, but physical touch, it also re- releases the chemicals dopamine and serotonin, which are also feel-good chemicals. I just think it's... it's am- and then the other thing is that studies show that touch helps reduce cortisol levels, which yeah. helps reduce feelings of stress. And so it it is so true. Like 
um, when, and it's hard sometimes like for people who aren't touchy feely, like I'm not a naturally touchy feely person. Yeah. Um, and so I have to like really sometimes, you know, I think it comes from being uh, a stay at home mom with four little kids for yeah. so long. It's like, I've been touched. Don't I'm touch touched me. out. Right. Um, but like, as I begin to become to be more open to touch, I am realizing how powerful it is. Like it yeah. really does is a calming effect on your nervous system. Yeah. And so like for you and I, we've really, really practiced this habit of like, if, if there's stress, if we just need to come down to like, just sit down, rub, we'll rub each other's feet or give each other a neck rub um, or just hold hands. And it yeah. really is incredible how much it, calms your nervous system yeah which in a world of high stress sometimes it's so so awesome and it's such yeah. a beautiful thing um and so this has been something for you and i that's really dra- drawn us close is like really practicing this you know it's crazy because a couple of weeks ago tori and i were in Asheville. my son trey had a game at the same time we were going through something in our business uh, our investing business that was tough and Trey didn't play well in the game. I think, I don't know exactly what he happened. He almost fouled out, yeah. Yeah, well, but then he got yelled at, and I felt like it was a little unjust, and just, it's whatever. And as I'm driving home, I'm literally like locked in my head, and Tori's over there, and I don't think I said anything for like 30 minutes. And next thing I know, Tori just slides her hand over and grabs mine. And literally, at that moment, I just started talking. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so here's what I think's going on. Like, I'm frustrated at this, but I think it's going to work out fine, and and uh, and so then we reflected back and looked at that. It was like, I'm typically the one who initiates touch mm-hmm. and Tori always responds to it. You know, it's very important because typically there would be one of you that initiates more than the other. And I would say, you don't have to like change that. The person who doesn't initiate though, just make sure you always respond. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now at the same time, it is good for the person who doesn't typically initiate to sometimes initiate. Mm-hmm. You don't have to turn into the initiator. Yeah. But sometimes initiate, and it really does break down some powerful walls. Tori did that for me, and she grabbed my hand, and and uh, it really did. I mean, I felt like all of a sudden I was willing to talk and yeah, you know, talk things out, and it worked great. So it was it was really fun. Thank yeah. you for doing that, by the way. Yeah, anytime. I got your back. <laughs> um, I got your six. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that touch is a form of communication too, right? Yeah. Like it it communicates something. It says, "I love you. I care about you." I want to help bring you into regulation. Like yeah. I, I want you to feel at peace. It I could want say, you to feel let's secure. get it on. It could, it could, and it could not. <laughs> There's this thing called non-sexual touch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the two, the two really do go hand in hand. And I think they're important to, like, as I, we were thinking through these, these six, I think they could be separate. They could be talk and touch could easily be separate. Yeah, we but, could have seven. Yeah. Seven habits instead of six. Right. Because they are, you know, but putting them together because, you know, two t- we're putting them together for two T's and using it as a 10X factor is a beautiful thing too. Yeah, it's perfect. Okay, so let's get to the sixth, but let me go through the first the first five. Um, H, have a sense of humor. A, appreciate each other. B, be curious. I, imagine your future together. T, talk and touch. And then S, shift quickly. Mm. What do we mean by that? We're talking about the power of the pivot. Yep. We're talking about the same thing that David did in the Psalms when he wrote the Psalms. And if you read all throughout the Psalms, you'll read typically in his Psalms, the first half of a particular Psalm 
he is letting it out. He is yeah. letting it loose. He's like, God, my enemies, I hate them all. Kill them. Open up the ground and swallow them up. Why do all the wicked people prosper and all this kind of stuff? He's letting it loose. And then somewhere about midway through the psalm, he pivots. Yeah. He shifts. He shifts perspective. And he's like, but you are God. Mm. You are in control. You've got this. And what Tori and I would mean by shift quickly is we're talking about moving from the emotional to the transactional Mm -hmm. in your mind. We're talking about when you have an opportunity to, um, when when there's conflict that's happened or something that's uncomfortable in your relationship, you guys talk it out. Something has separated you. Something's come between you. Uh huh. It's, yeah, that quick pivot. Yep. And then you shift quickly Mm -hmm. into, all right, but we're not going to let this pull us apart anymore. Okay. We're going to allow this conflict to bring connection. Yeah. There we go. Um, Deborah Follett, I think I shared this maybe last week or the week before. Um, She's a a Christian psychologist and she counsels a lot of married couples. And she says that the number one healthy thing uh, or the number one thing that healthy couples do is... I'm sorry. How did she put it? (laughs) I think I wrote this down. I have no idea, but it sounds really good. Like I'm, I'm waiting for like this number one thing that healthy couples do. I can't wait to it's hear it. how quickly they work through conflict. I totally that yeah, that's worded a, that wrong. But in that's my true. Notes, but yeah, the, the number one thing that a couple does that is healthy is they learn how to work through conflict quickly. Very they quickly. Shift quickly. Yeah. The whole point that she, that she's making is that there's that quick shift. Yeah. There's that quick shift from, and that gap become shorter and shorter Mm. in the healthiest couples. And so as she's working with these couples, what she notices is that the healthier they are and the more that they, you know, are the more mature they become in their relationship, she sees this gap shortening and shortening. And we've seen that in our own relationship, right? Like we have seen, like when we first got married and there would be a conflict and I, you know, I I was mad at you and you're mad at me, right? That that we could go sometimes weeks without really, resolving the issue and coming back together as you know it's stronger than we than we started right but as we've grown we've learned to shorten that gap yeah and when you shorten that gap you know what it keeps it keeps you from fearing conflict yes Mm -hmm. because we've talked with couples before where they fear getting into conflict because oh my gosh what's that going to mean yeah we might not make it or whatever no when you get into conflict conflict is meant for connection yeah and so when you can shift quickly yeah which means get to wherever, whatever it takes for you to shift. And oftentimes the shift is a matter of perspective. It is. It's a matter of first, God's got this. Second, my spouse really does have my best interest at heart, even though he or she just said this, this, and this, and it mm-hmm. really hurt me. Right. They really do love me. Uh, third, we are going to work through this. It's going to be okay. We're going to get to the bottom of it. And it's like you now start moving from emotional to transactional. Transactional focuses in on truth. Yes. Emotional just focuses in on whatever I'm feeling in the moment. And it's very good to be emotional. You want to be emotional because emotion is an impulse to act. Yeah. But there comes a time where you need to pause the emotions, wrap your brain around truth, mm-hmm. make a decision, move forward in the direction toward your spouse, not away from your spouse. That's shifting quickly. And in our mentorship program, we have three couples we're mentoring this year. We're seeing all of them. They're shortening the gaps mm-hmm. on how long it takes them when they enter into conflict to the time when they get out, that time is getting shorter and shorter. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing better for you than to learn how to shift quickly. Yeah. It's it's knowing that you're for each other and not against each other. And that conflict is made for connection. And I think, you know, I've, I've mentioned before, I think for so many years, 
I was, I believed that um, conflict equaled disconnection. It's so important just to understand that conflict can lead to connection. It doesn't, it doesn't lead to disconnection regardless of what your beliefs are. I know for me, I always like always feared that if there's conflict, there's gonna be disconnection. So just avoid it at all costs. But I'm learning that that's not true. Yeah. That, that belief is is not a good one to live by because it ultimately if you are surrendered to the Lord and you are certain and you are also to one another yeah. and you want to grow and you're for each other and you're on the same team, then it can lead to connection every time. Yeah. Love it. Okay. So there's our six healthy marriage habits just for you. Have a sense of humor, appreciate each other, be curious, imagine your future together, talk and touch, do it at the same time, and shift quickly. There are your six habits. You got, so you got a, uh, okay. So as far as a recipe, recipe? goes, um, so we're trans finally transitioned out of this six week challenge that I did through our gym where it was doing no sugar and no bad oils, not eating past seven. And when it ended, I kind of went off the rails a little bit just for a couple days. Actually, it was more like a week because there were so many things that I was like, was telling myself as soon as this is over, I'm going to have this, I'm going to right? like, I was kind of had this hope for these things. And so, I ate some bad stuff and you didn't because you didn't even do the six week <laughs> challenge. So I was, when you sent me off. So I did eat some bad stuff, but you didn't go, you didn't have McDonald's. I got a McDonald's. Um, ice oh cream yeah. Sunday. But I don't, I'm not into that. <laughs> I, I would eat Kilwins for some reason. It's chocolate just, chip ice cream was what I, and, and I got French fries too. Mm. It's really bad, really Ooh. bad. Anyways. So now I'm getting back on track, but you know, not with zero sugar anymore. Now I'm kind of like transitioning into healthy, but some healthy treats. Yeah. And so anyways, I remembered this chocolate Kringle cookie Yeah. that when we started paleo, like, I don't know, probably 10 years ago, you mm-hmm. and I went to Asheville. Do you remember going to that yeah, Kringle um, bed, cookies. bed and bed breakfast. breakfast? There was a bed and breakfast in, in um, Asheville. And the guy who owns the bed and breakfast asked us if we had any like, um, if we were, had any food allergies or if we were eating a certain way or preferences. And I said, well, don't worry about us because we're, we're doing paleo. So don't, you don't have yeah. to like worry about it. We'll just get our, we'll have, we have our own food or whatever. Chances are, I think I probably told him, yeah, avoid anything with gluten because it gives Tori explosive diarrhea. <laughs> probably. Something like that. And so he, um, we showed up and he was the sweetest guy. He had these chocolate, he made them paleo style. He made everybody else in the, you know, at the bed and breakfast regular. And then there was this little beautiful display that said, I think it said like paleo, like yeah. it was so sweet, like just for us so that when we would walk in and get hot tea and, and coffee, he had the paleo Kringle cookies. And anyways, I just, it was like the sweetest gesture. And of course, at that time, not having anything but paleo, like having a treat was just like so amazing. And I was yeah. And so anyway, he gave me the recipe for this crinkle cookie and I made it for years and then we had it and I forgot about it. And so then when we were kind of transitioning into eating healthy, but introducing a little bit of at least coconut sugar, because yeah. that's what paleo, you can have a little bit of coconut sugar. Um, I made this and you've been smashing these things. Have you? Not? Oh, I have. <laughs> I have. They're so good. And so in a crinkle cookie, after you roll them into a ball, you 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 um roll them in powdered sugar and i don't know if you guys remember i made like a lemon cake in the winter with my own gluten-free powdered sugar all you do is you take 
a half a cup of organic sugar and a half of a tablespoon of arrowroot, put it in a blender and it makes your own mm. fluffy. It's really good. Um, powdered sugar. And so I use that at, you know, to roll them in and they were pretty, pretty dang good. Now pretty the only good. thing is that the, um, the coconut, the flour is coconut flour. So I feel like it has a really strong coconut cause it's coconut oil and coconut flowers. So it has like a strong coconut flavor, chocolate coconut flavor. And so I am going to try them without, I'll, I'll let you guys know. I'm going to share the recipe. Stand you by. Guys stand by. And I'm going to let you know, you, if you like coconut, you could do this with coconut flour. But if you're not like a big coconut, I'm going to try it with just a regular like gluten-free flour. It's only a half a cup of flour. So it's it's really... Ball game. It's not like real carby. Anyways, I will eventually share this this week on Jason and Tori. And, and you will like they'll it. they'll have two different ways you can do it. You can do it real coconut or you could do it... With like a, a gluten-free, I'll let you know. Yeah, Stand you by can. on that one. All right, gang. Thanks for hanging with us. Six healthy marriage habits. You know what? Tori and I need to incorporate those just like you do, but it's always fun telling you what we've discovered that helps. So thanks for hanging out with us. Yep. This is In the fun. meantime, don't forget, rate, review, subscribe. If you haven't taken our five-day challenge, go do it or die. Listen to some Kenny G. Listen to some Kenny G. Breathless. Oh, what a great album. The whole album. Just listen to it. All right. All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon. See you next week. Oh, 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 oh,